Hallelujah. How many have been enjoying the uh, teaching on the Holy Spirit, our series called Unaware? Um, you know, really uh, get this premise from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where uh, Paul talks to the church at Corinth, and he says, My brothers and my sisters, I don't want you to be unaware when it comes to the spiritual. He's really talking about the Spirit of God, how the, who the Spirit of God is, how the Spirit of God operates, how He wants to work with us. Amen. You know, I love the Scriptures. You go through Scriptures, you see, you know, Genesis through Revelations, you'll see multiple times there's Scriptures that are bundled together, and I like it because in one verse you'll see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all together. It really shows the Trinity, right, all in one. And one of my favorite Scriptures is in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 14. It's the very last verse of that book, it says, uh, the grace of Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen? Because God, man, out of his love, what did he do? He gave Christ. Christ brings the grace to bring us back to, back to the Father. Amen? And to be able to live a life, Lord, not, not bound by sin, but free to be able to make that choice to follow him. And then every time, it's just, it's about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've learned that he's an awesome helper. He's an awesome teacher. He's an awesome witness. We talked about some advantages that he gives, right? He gives, one of the advantages that he gives is that he convinces the world of sin. He convinces us of, of judgment, that the enemy's been judged. He convinces us that there is righteousness and it's only found in Jesus. Amen. One of the other advantages is that he leads us into all the truth and he shows us things to come. I mean, these are some great things. No wonder Jesus said, hey, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because when I go away to be with the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. So today, if, you, if you're taking notes, the title of the message is A Holy Calling. A Holy Calling. And, you know, I just... The Holy Spirit is calling. We, we see, you know, in the scripture last week, kind of bumping off that a little bit in John 16, 13, where it says the Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And we know that the Bible says in John chapter 8 that, that it's, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. We have to know the truth and the truth will set us free. You know, there's a, maybe you've heard of the scripture Jesus talked about in, in the Gospels where he said, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you ever wonder what that scripture means? It means this. It's not like it's not God just choosing some. It really means this if you study it out. Everybody is called, but few will take the time to respond to the call. And we want to be the ones who respond to the calling of the Holy Spirit. And how he wants to lead us in the earth today. Amen. So, uh, everyone's called. And that's the easy part. But responding to the call, call is not as easy. It's really personal. It requires a personal commitment. And that personal commitment often involves sacrifice. I remember, you know, just think, even thinking last week, we had a, a few people give their lives to the Lord, and we called them forward, and without hesitation, they came forward because they were ready. They were ready. I remember whenever uh, uh, the Holy Spirit was leading me to go deeper with Him. This is back in, I don't even know the exact, the exact year right now. Um, I was about 15 years old, 
and I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to uh, wanted to take me deeper in Him. And I was we was at this youth uh, conference uh, Bible camp, and I went there. And I just I, I don't even know I don't even know how you know, besides the Holy Spirit doing it. I just it, He just stirred up this desire in me to know Him more. And I was just waiting for the altar call. I mean, I was so primed, I didn't even need the pastor to preach. I was just like, you could go straight to an altar call right now, and I'm there. And I was just so excited and ready to experience God. I wanted more of God. We have got to be hungry for more of God, where anything else does not satisfy. The world will put out a huge buffet to try to fill you up, but it will not satisfy. Only He will satisfy, only His Word, only His presence. And I remember, I don't even know what the pastor preached about that day. I don't know how many kids were there. There were hundreds, if not a thousand kids were there. And I just heard him say this, and I I jumped the gun. I heard him say, you know, in a moment, I'm going to give an altar call. But I was really, I just heard altar call. And I got up, and I started walking down. He's like, oh, not yet. I'm in a minute. And my friends were grabbing me like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I don't care. I want to to experience God. It takes a a personal, it's personal. To answer the call, it's personal. It's It's a sacrifice, laying down our lives for the Lord. I want to use the scripture I want to use today as our premise for this holy calling is found in Romans chapter 8. Because we know as we were looking here, you know, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all the truth. He'll lead us. He's faithful to lead us. But we have to follow. We have to choose. It's a choice to follow him. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. And it says this, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me read it again. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we want to break this down for a moment. I want you to look at two main words in there. The one is led, those who are being led by the Spirit. These are the sons. We want to look at led. We want to look at sons. The word lead means to be governed or ruled by, to be influenced by. So those who are being governed and ruled and influenced by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, this sons does not mean son as in gender, a male. The word son here is the Greek word weos, which means perfect. Now, it doesn't mean perfect as a sense, you know, in yourself, your perfection in yourself. It means perfection as in completion. You've come to completion. Those who are being influenced, governed by, and ruled by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. And that word also means mature, perfect, mature. You know, you can look at it this way that our maturity level in the Lord is not based on how many years you have been saved. Your maturity level in the Lord is based on how you are being led by the Spirit of God. That's what this scripture is saying. Actually, the uh, the, um, uh, Passion Translation says it really good. It says this, 
The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses, really the influences and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That, that Greek word there for those is really, it, it's quite emphatic. It actually means those and only those. I mean, that's how precise it gets. Those who are being led by the Spirit of God, those and only those are the mature ones in God. I want to be mature. How about you? And it comes by just hearing his voice, learning to hear his voice. And one way to learn to hear his voice is, number one, get into the Word of God. Because the Spirit of God will use the Word of God. I like to say it this way. You've got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with, and he loves working with the Word of God. Get that Word down in your heart, and you'll see how quickly the Holy Spirit, as the good teacher and guide and leader and comforter that he is, he will draw out of that well of salvation for you and help you understand. Amen? So those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, the mature ones. They're the ones that are, that are being perfected. I mean, he, he's perfect. The Holy Spirit is perfect. God the Father is perfect. God the Son is perfect. God the Holy Spirit is perfect. Everything that he does is perfect. His leading is perfect. His timing is perfect. He knows what he's doing. He don't make a mistake. He is perfect. And he'll lead you in the perfect way. And, and I believe he's already leading us in the perfect way. Sometimes we don't hear, or sometimes we say no, or sometimes we don't understand at that moment, but he's so faithful to stick with us, to help us. And the more sensitive we become to him, the louder his voice will become in our lives. Amen? It's about that obedience to follow him. There's a difference between being a child of God and being a son or daughter of God, the difference is in how you're being led. We've all seen adults. You've, you've been somewhere and you've seen an adult or you've seen a, an, an older person and maybe you've just looked in the mirror and you just saw yourself when all of a sudden, you know, we were throwing an adult tantrum. Come on now. That don't look pretty. <laughs> right? The Holy Spirit, he's there to help us. We, we have to ask him. He's a gentleman. Man, I'm telling you what, I, I encourage you to just to continue to cultivate your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for help throughout your day. He'll help you. He wants to help you. He's helped me fix cars. He's helped me fix washers and dryers. It's just not all spiritual things. He's there to help you. He'll help you see things that are keeping you because He leads you in all the truth. So He'll help you see the things that are keeping you from getting in the truth so that you can deal with that together. He don't point things out in your life to say, look at that and sit back and laugh at you. He says, this is there, and this is what's keeping you from going further in God. Now that you know that it's there, surrender it to me, and I will help you get rid of it. And then I'll fill that spot, and you'll experience more freedom. Amen? Hallelujah. So, Three things I want to give you today that I want to stick with you about this holy calling is the first one is this. The Holy Spirit is calling you to a perfect way of living. He's calling you to a perfect way 
of living. You can't do it on your own. We see that word also looking at that word perfect. We're looking at, at that also as being mature. You know, we're, we're mature in the Lord in that way. Uh, the completion, he wants to lead you in that perfect way. So he's, he's calling you to a perfect way of living. And if we respond to his call, we will be walking in the perfect will of the Father. We can walk in the perfect will of the Father by following the perfect leading of the Holy Spirit. See, we, we, we uh, shortchange ourselves and we cast ourselves down thinking that we can't uh, follow His lead when He's done everything that He can possibly do. He's gone way beyond. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit is here with us right now to lead us into all that Jesus has done for us. All we have to do is respond to it. And we will be walking in the perfect will of the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse number 19. This is Paul talking over the church at Galatia. And he says this, Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. The first time he went through labor pains with them was for their salvation. Now they're saved he was interceding for them that they would be saved, that the Spirit of God would come and live on the inside of them, make them new, right? Because when we accept the, the sacrifice of Jesus, we become born again because the Holy Spirit comes and takes our dead spirit and makes it alive. We become one with Him. Amen? So he says, I'm in labor pains again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. There's a development process. We're being developed into the image of God. Now, you know, some people may remember this these days. We don't have any more because you got everything on your iPhone. But there was a day, you know, when I was in college, we had, I took photography and we would go take pictures where you couldn't see that, you know, you couldn't look at the camera and see what you did. You just took a picture. And then you took it into the dark room and you took the film out and you took these pieces of paper and you put in a liquid and you began to develop those pictures. It was a process. We are all a process. God is, he sent his Holy Spirit to help us to walk through the process to maturity so that we come to fully develop Christ in our lives. Even Jesus himself said, follow me and I'll make you or I'll form you into being fishers of men. That's what he told his disciples, right? It's a process. And that process is where we come to begin to, to look like Jesus looks. We, we begin to even see things the way that he sees them. We begin to hear things the way that he hears them. See, before we knew the Lord, we heard things differently. We saw things differently. But boy, did it change when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us. We saw things differently. We heard things differently. We desired different things because holiness came to dwell on the inside of us. Amen. You know, the, one of the last scriptures in Revelations, in Revelations 22, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And we're in that process right now where the Holy Spirit is working on us, the will of the Father, so that we will begin to speak and do the things that He is doing. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Not the Spirit saying, Come, and the bride saying, Give me a couple more minutes. Or I want to do it this way. No, we're saying the same things. Why? Because the bride of Christ will be led by the Spirit of God. She's made herself ready for that ceremony. Amen? 
You know, there's a saying, a saying today uh, for those millennials and, and, and the generation after that, you know, they call it adulting, you know, where you're coming in. It's kind of like I'm stepping into, tapping into, I'm growing up a little bit, I'm adulting, right? And I, I tell my kids, I say, you know, hey, you're, you're going to adult enough, I said, but don't try to, don't try to uh, uh, grow too quickly because once you start adulting, it never stops. I'm still adulting, right? Once you get over, you're still, you're growing into it. And coming to be mature, coming to be an adult does not mean I get to do what I want when I want to do it. Being adult, being an adult, being mature is at sometimes I got to be willing to make the right choice even if I'm not the one benefiting from it at the moment. Because it's the right thing to do. See, there'll be times when the Holy Spirit is prompting you and trying to lead you in a direction that He wants you to go because it's perfect. This is the perfect way to go. And there'll be times when our flesh or our emotions, whatever it is, but we so badly want this. But he says, no, this is the perfect way. And we have a choice to make. I can take the instant gratification, but that will last just a second. You can be guaranteed of it. Or I can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And even though I am depriving myself of that instant gratification, I am getting a greater reward in following him. Because I get satisfied in him. It will last. And I'm going to get that satisfaction of having been obedient to him. And now my ears are even more attuned when the Holy Spirit speaks because I stepped in the direction towards him. The closer I get to him, the more I'm going to hear. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is calling you to a perfect way of living. Number two, the Holy Spirit is calling you to rejoice in His fellowship. The Holy Spirit wants you to rejoice in His fellowship. Clap your hands, sing, dance. Amen. He wants you to celebrate. I started doing that. I heard uh, Pastor Larry talked about that back in 2012, and I, and I started doing it back then, but I felt so awkward at it. He said he started dancing 10 minutes a day. He said, you know, just, just, he just wanted to do it just before the Lord. And he got it off of Smith Wigglesworth. You ever heard of him back in the 1900s, early 1900s? And, he, and Smith Wigglesworth, you know, he said he would dance 10 minutes before the Lord every single day. And someone asked him and said, Mr. Wigglesworth, what if you don't feel like dancing? He said, I never asked Mr. Wigglesworth how he feels. I just do it. And I tell you what, I'm not a dancer, and I'm not going to show you either because it's private. It's just me and the Lord. But I do this little jig in the Lord, and I... And I and it just it brings freedom. And I ha I, at first, I had to get over. I'm really stirring myself up in God. I'm, I'm getting to the place where I'm saying, I want my spirit that's connected with the spirit of God to be leading me. I'm not going to be led by my body that don't feel like doing anything right now, lest, you know, even to raise my hands to worship God. No, we're going to worship God because I am a spirit and I live in a body. And I'm going to tell this body what to do. Amen. So I would get in there and I'd do a little dance. And there's just something about it. I don't know what if it's just a season for it right now. I'll begin to clap my hands. And I'll just I'll clap my hands together. Bam, bam, bam. And I'm just going back, Lord, you're so good. I thank you, Jesus. And I'll just begin to tell him all the things that I know about him in Scripture. And I'm getting pumped up. And I feel like I can feel an anointing in my hands. As I begin to praise, I, this morning I came in, is you know, pre-coffee, everything. I'm in here, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 
and get up early and come in. And I'm telling you what, all of a sudden I can begin to feel them. Like, yes, yes. Because I began to make a joyful noise to the Lord and it woke up my spirit and, my, and the voice of my body began to shut up. Amen. He wants us to rejoice in his fellowship. Was it awkward? It was awkward at first. By myself with no one around. And you're dancing and you're clapping hands and you're wondering, does somebody hear me? What's going on? Is anybody out there? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hi. Oh, oh. right? Try to, try to get in there in the closet and make sure you're by yourself, right? But I'm telling you what, it's sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to fellowship with him, guess what? He begins to fellowship with you. And he'll begin to tell you things. And there's things that you need to hear. There's things that I need to hear that I'm not going to get and you're not going to get any other place but in fellowship with him. So the Holy Spirit is calling you to rejoice in fellowship. I want to show you how to rejoice in fellowship. Those are just kind of some free nuggets in there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 29 through 31. I'm going to read these three verses. It says this, Never let ugly or hurtful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Grace is empowerment. Amen. Grace is not deserved. It's freely given. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. We haven't experienced our full salvation yet. My goodness, what's that going to feel like? As good as it is right now, what's it going to feel like when we experience the full salvation? How about this one? When Jesus told us that, you know, he's giving us the Holy Spirit, and then the Apostle Paul says that the Holy Spirit is just the de down deposit on what we're going to get. I mean, come on. I mean, we got some good stuff stored up for us. He says, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. Now, I could have just put that one verse in there and just said, you know, never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. But there's a reason that Him being grieved right there and surrounded by these ugly and hateful and bitter words, there's a reason because you can offend and grieve somebody by your words. We've got to be careful. James said that we have hell fire right in our mouths, our tongue is a fire set on fire from hell. And we want to bring forth pure things, not pure and bitter at the same time. And I know God's been working on me. It's not like I'm out there, you know, uh, profanity and saying things. But it, anything, instead of, you know, being critical at someone, you know, looking at the negative of things, uh, not building them up is enough. God wants us to build each other up. He told Isaiah, look for the precious among the vile. Look for the precious. Out of all the evil things and all the horrible things that you see right now, look for the precious in every single person. And there is something precious in every single person. I don't care who they are. As long as they got breath, there's something precious in them because that breath is the breath of God. Amen. He gives us breath. Praise the Lord. So 
to grieve here, let's look at this just for a second. He says, never grieve the Spirit of God or, or take for granted His influence in our lives. That word grieve is to distress or to trouble. It also means to sadden. Another word for to grieve is to offend. To offend. You know, offense comes through our, our words more than any other way. Comes through our words. I, call, I like to call uh, those words years ago, the Lord showed this to me, verbal blades. They're like a razor blade. Verbal blades. Because, you know, I would, I would assume just get punched in the face because that will get healed and I'll forget about it compared to a word that cuts you in your heart. And it's there for a long time, and the enemy just uses that over and over. Guys can get in a fight, and they'll deck each other, and then go out for pizza. The next, you know, five minutes later, hey. But when you begin to speak harsh words, I like what it says here in this translation, never let ugly or hurtful words speak words that beautify. You know, it's through our words that we offend others, and we grieve the Holy Spirit. This goes in line with things whenever the Spirit of God is speaking things to us and we're speaking opposite things instead of, remember, we're being led by Him. So when He tells us something, He's wanting us to speak what He speaks. He's taking what is in the supernatural realm and trying, it to, man trying to get it to manifest in your life. And it happens through your words. You take what he says and you begin to speak it out until you really believe it. And then that faith that rises up out of your heart mixes with your confession and things begin to release. Amen. And we've got to be speaking. You know, there was a time in my life for about two years that uh, I was just dealing with some insecurities and different things. And, and, and I, I would hear God's voice and he would tell me to do something. And my response to him was always this. I can't do that. Or I don't know how to do that. You know what? But the Holy Spirit never asked me if I knew how to do it or asked me if I could do it. He just said, I want you to do this. But I was being, in, I was opposing him, really grieving him. And I got to the place where I was offending him because he told me after all this time that I would just, I would fall back and I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Making excuses is all it is. Because when God, and you've heard me say this before, when God tells you to do something, he has already given you with that, that, that command that he gives you, he's already given you everything that you need in order to make it come about. The moment that he gives it to you, the moment that he speaks to you, you already have what you need to fulfill whatever he's told you to do, period. You've got enough to take the first step and to keep moving on and he'll supply the rest if there needs to be anything else. And I would, all, I would say it every time, Lord, yes, Lord. And he would say, uh, he would say I'm with you. That's what he told me. And, I, and, and as he was telling me to do something, and I would say, I don't know how to do that. And he goes, I'm with you. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I know you're with me. But you gotta, I was asking him for more than what he wanted to give me because he, he was looking for a response from me. See, the Holy Spirit's looking. He'll say something. He's looking for a response. God don't speak just to speak. He's looking for a response. Whenever you respond, then he'll give you more. This happens a lot with the prophetic. You think you got a prophetic anointing? Go out there. Just begin to pray for people. I just want to pray for you. Step out. I don't even want I'm going to pray. I don't know, but he's going to help me. And you begin to pray. God will give you, even in a prophetic, God will give you just one small little word. You'll be like, I see a tree. Okay, well, tell them you see a tree. Well, what else do I got, Lord? Give me something else. No, just tell them you see a tree. Okay, I'm going to step out. I see a tree. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to download more things to you because you stepped out. You responded to what he's saying. Are you with me? So he was telling me that. 
over and over again, and I would refute. I was like, I don't know how to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you're with me, but I need some more. I don't know, what to, I don't know how to do that. And then he spoke that one day, and it finally got, thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit's patience, right? He said, you're getting this close. And I could just, it's like I could see fingers in my mind. You're this close to offending me. And that got to me. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I do not want to offend the Holy Spirit. I do not. So he was telling me, listen, when, I'm, when I say I'm with you, that's where I got that revelation I just told you. I'm telling you, I have given you everything that you need the moment I tell you to do. Just step out. And he's faithful every time you step out. He's patient with us, right? Praise the Lord. So he wants us to rejoice in his fellowship. And there'll be times, you know, when he'll deal with us. Maybe we got some ugly words that we say, some hurtful words. Some of those things are just things that you grew up with, things that you grew up around. Some of those are just habits in your life when you get to the end of your limit, and that, that's just what's there. It don't have to go that way. Before Christ, yes, that's all it led to. But now that you have Christ, if Christ is on the inside of you, you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you don't have to go that way anymore. You just get, when you're at that point and you know, and if you just made a mistake and you did what you didn't want to do, you say, Holy Spirit, the next time that happens, remind me, help me, show me what to do. And I'll guarantee you this, the next time that happens, around that cycle, around that mountain, whatever it is, when you would begin to say something that you always said that kept you in bondage, that kept you from the freedom of God, that kept you where you were instead of moving on, the Holy Spirit will say, wait a second, remember where you were last time? This is where you're same place again. Now you get to choose to go the same way or you can grow in me. You can go the perfect way, the mature way. And when you choose that, the devil loses more of a grip, your, your own flesh loses more of a grip, and the Holy Spirit gets a better grip. Amen? Are you with me? Last point. The Holy Spirit, remember, it's a holy calling. The Holy Spirit is calling you to honor His influence. He wants you to honor His influence. Another scripture, kind of the same way, squished between a couple things here that we need to understand. 1 Thessalonians 5 Verse number 18 through 20. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's hold there for a minute. <laughs> in everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know the will of God for your life, this is one of them. You don't have to look too far. I mean, there's, there, I've taught on things like this going through. If you just look for the will of God in Scripture, you're going to find several things. And you'll already find a handful of general things that is the will of God for every single person. And one of those general wills, what I mean by general is it's for every believer. This is what he wants for every single person on the face of the earth. He wants them to do. He wants them to be thankful in all things. And everything give thanks. doesn't mean you have to be thankful for all things. Well, I'm thankful I got a flat tire. Praise the Lord, right? Doesn't mean you got to be thankful, but we can be thankful. Thank the Lord I got a spare. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We, we're looking for the good in the bad because bad is going to happen. Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have frustrations, temptations, and troubles, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and I've sent you the Holy Spirit to help you overcome it too. Amen. Praise the Lord. So he says, in everything, give thanks. Really, it's that choice. I'm choosing to give thanks. I'm telling you what, I, this past year, this has 
revolutionized my life and, my, and, and me and staying connected with the Holy Spirit and with the things of God because it's so easy just to go down the negative. Just watch the news and you'll see this, the atmosphere of God gets sucked out. <laughs> what does happen, right? You've got to be thankful. And I, I can't say this enough to, in everything. And when you pray, if you're asking anything from the Lord, begin to thank him for it right there. Because in reality, you can't be thankful for something and not be in faith about it. Because when you're, really, when you're truly, really thankful for something, you're in faith about it. When you're in faith about it, you're going to get the promises. Amen? So practice gratitude. Practice thanksgiving. He says, in everything give thanks. It's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. And do not despise prophecies. Let's look at those for a minute. The word quench means to extinguish, to put out, like to put out the fire of, to smother. You know, when you try to put things out, you kind of smother it there. Uh, to extinguish, to smother the leading of, or the influence of, or the promptings of the Spirit. Don't quench. Don't smother. It's almost like the Holy Spirit trying to say something to us, and we're like, shh, not right now. Not right now. And it, it, this is more than just grieving. Because now it's not, it's not that he's just grieved and he's saddened that we didn't follow his lead. Now we're saying, I don't want to. Shh, not right now. I don't, I don't want your influence right now. I'm being influenced a different way. Don't quench, don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. You know, a prophecy is really just to speak by influence, really, of the Holy Spirit. You, may, you might not agree with all the prophecies that are going on. They're, they're all over the place, and there are probably some false prophecies that are out there. But you know what? God told us even in the, in the book of Thessalonians, he says, take the, you know, you look for the, just like Isaiah, look for the precious among the vow. He said, he said uh, you know, take the good and leave whatever's there behind. Kenneth Hagin used to say it this way, even a cow knows how to eat the hay and spit out the sticks. Come on. If someone prophesies over me, even if they are a known prophet, and they're just so widely known, if they prophesied over me, I'm just not going to believe it because of what they said. I'm going to take it back to the Lord because I hear God's voice, and God's going to speak to me, and he'll confirm things. Amen? A lot of times, most of the times, whenever I get a prophetic word, it's only a confirmation of what God has already told me in my private time with him. Sometimes there will be some more things. There's been prophecies like that. But I'm not going to despise I don't want to despise the manifestation of the Spirit of God when He begins to move. He begins to speak how He wants to do it, whether it's through a tongue, an interpretation, just straight out, whether it's through a dance or a song or whatever it is. I want to be sensitive to Him. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. You know, and we see that, that being thankful. Hey, if there's, if there's something going on, maybe you uh, you know, grew up in a church where there wasn't things like that, manifestations of the Spirit going on and some healings or whatever that going on. Hey, if the Spirit of God is moving, thank the Lord that the God is moving because that's where life is and everybody wants to be where the life of God is. Amen? Because we were created to be that way. So being thankful and honoring the Holy Spirit's influence is a sure way to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your life. <laughs> The, the, the uh, Passion Translation says this scripture this way, never restrain or put out the fire 
of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes it's funny because, you know, I, you know, I grew up in a, in, a, in a church of God in um, Pennsylvania, and we had some manifestations of the Spirit, and I didn't understand it all the time, but I, I still had a reverence for it. I was just like, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel something's real. I'm, I'm going to honor that. I felt like the Lord put that in me. You know, I would even be with my peers that were younger, and they would make fun of things that were going on. Back there just making fun, and I was like, hey, guys, I don't know what's happening, but that's not right. There's something going on here. You shouldn't act that way. Just a, a reverence. And sometimes, you know, we'll be in, you know, we, me and Natasha, whenever we got saved in uh, the church that we came from in Florida, our pastor, he's in, he's in heaven right now, but uh, Pastor Arthur, now it's Pastor Greg, he's one of our overseers, and uh, Pastor Arthur flowed in the, in, in, in the gifts freely, um, and just really in that way, and we had a lot of services, just the manifestations that was going on, and uh, uh, praise the Lord for that. Sometimes we would be like inviting a friend, and we'd be like, you know, um, God, can you tame it down just a little bit today? Because um, I'm, you know, invited Joey, and uh, I think he might just run out the back door. So maybe you could just bring it down just a little bit. You know, Lord, talk to Pastor Arthur so he don't, you know, get too crazy, you know. <laughs> we think that, that we know better than the Holy Spirit. And there's been multiple times that I would invite somebody, and you're kind of like, I hope it don't get too weird for them. I mean, it's not weird to me, but I hope it's not weird to them, you know. And it would be the weirdest one. <laughs> right? But they would be ministered to. Personal prophecy, you know, because prophecy says, you know, when you begin to prophesy, God begins to reveal their own heart to them, that I see you, I know you, I love you, I got a plan for you. And you just see them. I'm like, well, you know better than I do. So I stopped doing that. When I, invi I invited people, I stopped saying, Lord, tame it down. I was just like, Lord, do what you want to do. <laughs> right? Let him do what he wants to do. He knows he's the perfect leader. I remember one time specifically, some of you maybe heard this story before, I won't go into the length of it, but it was in this area, it was actually in uh, Eagle Bend, whenever I was traveling, I was at a church over there, and there was a, a young girl there that she had a spirit of suicide and uh, going on, and, and some different things, they had her on a lot of medication, uh, really had her, her sedated, and her mom brought her up for prayer that Sunday morning, and I said, ma'am, I just, I felt no anointing when I prayed for her, I said, but I felt a prompting, I said, ma'am, if you can come back tonight, I just feel that God is going to do something tonight, and if, it's, if you can bring your daughter back, I think something's going to happen, and uh, the Lord gave me all my messages till I came up to that place, I did a revival there for a week, and um, that had all the messages except for Sunday night, and the Lord said, I just want you to give your testimony, and then I'll lead you from there, so he, see, he told me what to do, and he stopped until I was obedient. And I began to uh, give my testimony, and then, uh, and then I waited. And at this church, they didn't believe in tongues or the interpretation of tongues. And the pastor made sure he told me that whenever I came in. And guess what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do? <laughs> Follow me or not, right? <laughs> and I, I was there, and I just felt like a standstill. I was just waiting, just like we did sometimes when we're here and just worshiping. We stop. We're just waiting. Where, where are you moving, Holy Spirit? Where do you want to go? Because you know how to lead us to life. We just don't want to go through songs and, oh, songs, we did church. No, I want to experience God. And I'm there, and I'm just waiting, and when you feel nervous in front of people, don't know what to do, if you close your eyes, they never see you, right? <laughs> so I just closed my eyes, and I raised my hands. I said, let's just take a moment. And that's the closest that I felt the Holy Spirit in a sense like, I, I saw him, like, if you want to say you could see him, I just, like he was hovering right over me. That's it's what he was right there. 
And he said, I want you to give a tongue, and I'll give you the interpretation. And my mind went right back to the, to the pastor that first night in his office. And he says, we don't believe in tongues, interpretation of tongues, just so you know. I was like, Lord, wasn't you in that room when we were talking? <laughs> and I, 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 I paused, and I was just contemplating all these things going through my mind. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this. Will you follow my lead, or do I pull away? And I did not want the Holy Spirit to pull away. So I didn't want the people to see me, so I closed my eyes. And I yielded to the Holy Spirit. I gave a tongue. And I remember, I still remember part of the interpretation. It was, I saw the Lord on a mountain, and he was reaching down his hands, and he was crying, telling how badly he wanted people to come up to the top of the mountain to experience him. Just, it was a beckon. I can't remember everything, but I just remember that picture that I saw and him saying that and just pleading with people. And I began to weep as I was just speaking God's heart. That I just love you. I just want you to come. Would you just please take my hand? Because he will not force you. Take my hand. And when I opened my eyes, the majority of the church was crying from young to old. That's not... People don't do that. That's the Holy Spirit. And that night, several people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Several people got, got uh, saved. That young girl, she got saved and healed and baptized in the Holy Spirit all at once. I didn't even have to lay. I just walked over her to lay hands on her. And I went to lay hands on her, and she convulsed and shouted. And then she began to speak in tongues. And I was like, what happened to you? She's like, I don't know. But whatever's in me just went whoosh straight out. I was like, praise the Lord. And she, before you saw her, she looked like she was uh, really just sedated. I mean, she looked like she had no life in her. And then just this vibrant young girl, I mean, just full of energy. It's crazy what the Holy Spirit can do. He wants to lead you into perfect living. He wants you to rejoice in his fellowship. He wants you to honor his influence. Amen.